and welcome to the weeks of edition of an organic conversation show about food ecology stories from the land recipes nature sustainability interconnectedness relationships and life itself we host helga helberg mark mulcahy and sita rani palomar so lyrical today. yeah you are so inspired in by queen <laughs> yeah and and girl scout cookies what does girl scout cookies and orangutans have in common well We'll find out. We have a great hour coming up for you as we are hearing from the next generation of change. Two youth activists that have opened up a whole can of worms, or actually rather, in this case, a box of cookies, and truly questioned and reformed the status quo in an area that has not really changed for decades. Fantastic story. Youth activism here on An Organic Conversation today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Um Speaking of fantastic stories. Yeah, speaking of, uh, I had <laughs> what's new in your world, Mark? <laughs> I had an interesting experience. Um, my younger daughter left her cat home when she moved, and it's an indoor cat. All her cats have always been outdoor cats. And so Igby has always spent her life uh, looking out the window at the world. And I can only imagine that she's imagining what that is like to be outside. And because she sits at the window and chatters at birds, and you can hear her sniffing at the screen. But so. <laughs> My oldest daughter decided to get a, a little harness and actually let her out into the world. And, <laughs> and so she had she got her harness and got her used to it and then took her out. And, you know, to see her to put her feet on the leaves for the first time or actually catch a scent on the air and, and not quite know where it was coming from. The real from, deal. The real deal. Or a bird laying right in front of her. And, you know, there it is. And it's not... There's no glass in front of her. It might be attacking me, or should I? Yeah, and you could just see this the whole thing going on in her face and in her feet as they touch different textures and stuff like that. Uh And it just was was such an amazing thing because we're kind of like that too, right? Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like being reborn into a new world as an adult, not as a child when everything is overwhelming and new anyway, but in this case, it's an adult cat, right? Yeah, yeah, like five years old. Yeah, and so, wow, that's like experiencing completely new flavors. My first cherimoya or, Mm, you know, just in the the world Mm -hmm. of flavor, a world, a culture, so fun. So fun to observe that too, right? Yeah, and I think (laughs) it's probably a little scary, right? It's probably very scary. Well, and the Aquarius moon, is actually where as we're coming out of this period where we're looking at all of these inventions and experiences that are unexpected it's really interesting to to have this conversation about what is surprising and exciting and opening yourselves up to it and Oh yeah, speaking the, the cat has nice timing um, we had a show on intentions in the beginning of the year of course um, what we would be committed to or want to accomplish or do um or, or, you know, really integrate into our lives um, in the first or second week of January, talking about our personal and the, the idea of intentions. And um, Sita, you just mentioned, yes, um, we have this ritual where we do new moon prayers, where we look at the wheel of the zodiac and every month, every moon stands um, for something. And whether you believe in that or not, it's a great reminder. It's a really good tool every four weeks to be reminded of um, what could be integrated and to be reminded of our own personal intentions for the year. Are we holding those up um, or not? And this cat, what is her name? Igby? Igby, yeah. <laughs> Igby, shout out to Igby. Um, she's actually experiencing her new world, the out- outdoors, under the Aquarius moon for the last three weeks, which stands for um, exciting new worlds and new experiences and, you know, kind of shaking up your life a little and letting new things in. So, yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. Igby, mm-hmm. you do that. And we made a commitment <laughs> to one another and to our listeners that whenever the new moon came up, we would use it as an opportunity to check in and see how we're doing on our New Year's resolutions. Oops. So, Helga. <laughs> Mark, how's that no, going, Mark? No, you're not getting out of it. I think your resolution was to play more ping pong. So, how's that going? Yeah, it was a metaphor. Uh, what? Yeah. That is not a metaphor to play more ping pong. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, exactly. back and forth. No, it was... It was about ping pong, um, and I love it, and I haven't done it since New Year's when I played with a friend, with two friends in a row for several hours, a few days apart, and I, I re- was reminded how much I love the game of ping pong. And um, so, But it, it, it was also a metaphor of letting more play into my life for this year. Um, you know, And this is actually perfect, um, new, exciting flavors and tastes and cultures and um, just you know more play 
less seriousness in all sincerity. Mm-hmm. Um, what is um, Caroline Casey, our guest in the beginning of the year, setting the tone for the entire year, said, if you don't play enough, you're not serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I love you it. need to get more serious. That's right, about playing more. So, yes, um, thank you, Sita. Good reminder. Well, I'll, and I'll Sita, what about yours? Oh, well, my goal, my my uh, my resolution was to practice yoga and meditate six times a week, which I did not <laughs> succeed at on a regular basis. But when the new moon did come up, it reminded me of that very intention. Really, the intention was to be in self-inquiry and blossom and all of that wonderful spiritual growth stuff. And it, it did reaffirm my commitment to that specific practice, and, and I've been having great success since then. So, that's well, very good. for you, Mark. And, and fact, I just want to acknowledge that on the show, when we were all uh, talking about resolutions, that we all do step aside or we do take a step back or we whatever that is for us or forward and we, or forward and we and we get to continually re, rebuild uh, rebirth ourselves to start again whenever we want each day and so that shows that that shows that commitment right there what do you what did you do for me i said i'd be more present and uh, create a calendar that was um more sustainable for myself so that i could be more present in my relationships in my life and i've How's, done that, that going mo- well i've done that pretty well but i have i every time i step back then i just uh I've created affirmations for myself, Ooh. and those affirmations are what remind me of just uh, what an amazing person I am in the world and that I, how I can do anything I want to put my, my mind and my heart to. So when you wake up, that's the first thing you pull out, and then it's, you start your day with that? It, it, the first thing I pull out is actually a coffee filter, but... Uh, <laughs> The fir- but but right when I sit when that. I sit watching the sunrise, yes, that's what I do. Is I sit I sit with that. Good yeah. for you. Oh, I love it. Yes, affirmations. Let your life be shaken up by good things. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helga. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And today we are talking about cookies, Girl Scout cookies, to be precise, and an amazing story that comes with them in our episode on youth activism, the next generation of change. That and more when we come back. Stay tuned. SPUD stands for Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery. SPUD delivers the highest quality organic produce and the best locally sourced grocery items one can find directly to your doorstep. It's easy, it's convenient, and it supports your local economy. On every delivery day, SPUD takes at least 100 cars off the road that would have otherwise been driving to the grocery store. Reduce your carbon footprint, save time, and save money when grocery shopping with SPUD. Place your order today at spud.com. That's S-P-U-D.com. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit Earl's Organic. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helgerk. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Picture this. Two Girl Scouts find out that the cookies they have sold for years to raise money contained some ingredients that contribute to the destruction of the rainforest and human rights violations. They set out to enter into a public dialogue with Girl Scout organizations nationwide to change the ingredients and the practice. You hear all that amazing story. But before we dive into this topic, as always, we're starting the show off with our weekly tip from the world of health and beauty. Here's our chef Sita and her holistic bite. 
Thank you, Helga. Well, as Helga said, the Holistic Bite is where I share my favorite health and beauty practices with our listeners. And like many people, this time of year, much of my diet is made up of soup. (laughs) Soup is warm and it's soothing. And when it's made with a lot of vegetables and nutrient-rich rich stocks. It can be excellently health supportive, especially if you're suffering from any kind of cold or flu symptoms. And recently I walked through how to make a nutrient dense stock in my holistic bite in our episode on comparing apples and oranges. But today I wanted to give you some of my favorite tips for making cream soups. And more than anything, a cream soup is a texture. It's not necessarily an ingredient. But there are many cream soups that do use cream as a thickener. It's really just one of the many ways that you can achieve that silky and satisfying texture that we crave when we're cold or not necessarily feeling that great. So another way to get that richness is by pureeing all or a portion of the ingredients of your soup. Take, for example, a Tuscan white bean soup with kale. You don't necessarily want to puree all of the ingredients because part of what makes that kind of a soup so enjoyable is the bites of bean and kale and garlic. But you can puree half of the ingredients and then pour that puree back into the pot with the remainder, mix it together, and then you have this really rich, creamy texture in between the bits of kale and garlic and bean. Another thing that you can do, and this one is actually my favorite and I think an incredibly unique way to achieve that kind of texture, is by adding a small amount of quick cooking oats to a soup that you plan to puree entirely, like a cream of broccoli, for example. Oats, when you cook them, release their starches into the liquid. And then when you puree it, it helps to create this really uniform thickness in the soup. You would swear that you added cream, but this is actually a dairy-free soup. So I use about a quarter cup of quick cooking oats with maybe three to four cups of vegetable stock and three to four cups of chopped vegetables. So I encourage you this week, try something new in your kitchen. Make a cream of broccoli with fresh oregano or a cream of carrot with ginger and coriander and try any one of these techniques to reach your desired cream soup texture. And that is this week's Holistic Bite. Thank you, Sita. Wow, that you know the the texture of really thick soup reminds me almost on uh, on um, about body care products and the way you describe the ingredients. Um, did that again just now? Hmm. Um, oatmeal. I know, Mark. You take extended baths in oatmeal. Well, it's one, it's one of my, well, it's one of my I, favorite ingredients to put in my um, in my little bath sack. Is you know, besides herbs and things like that, I like to put oatmeal because it makes your skin feel great. Yeah, it's an old German remedy actually too. Well, that's that's that's, that's the reason where it came I do it. From. Yeah. No, but yeah, oatmeal has this kind of soothing, silky, any kind of skin condition, even psoriasis. They say you know, with an oatmeal bath, it calms it all down. It's like chamomile without drying out. It's actually quite nourishing. That's very true. Um, If you are by any chance allergic to gluten, though, a lot of people do try to avoid oats. You can get gluten-free oats, specifically gluten-free oats, because oats themselves do not have gluten in them, but they're usually processed in a factory where gluten is processed, which is why they worry about the cross-contamination. But if oats are a concern for you and you don't want to take an oatmeal bath, you can opt for gluten-free body care products. Yes, and as always, the Holistic Bite is brought to you by the natural beauty company Ecobella. Ecobella offers a wonderful line of body care products and intelligent cosmetics, and all of their products are preservative-free, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. That's Ecobella. Check it out at ecobella.com, E-C-C-O-B-E-L-L-A. Dot com and let us know what you think. And there's a an offer now for free shipping for listeners to an organic conversation. If you go to anorganicconversation.com, you can click out the banner there, or you can just go to echobella.com and put in the code when you check out <clears throat> AOC. AOC, and you get free shipping for any order of $60 or more. Echobella.com. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Last week, we had a great show on cutting-edge organic, how the world of services is changing. We had the CEO of SPUD, Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery, on the show, who spoke about his company delivering organic groceries and uh, to homes and offices and all the cutting-edge initiatives they offer, from organic produce and other grocery items to baby boxes, organic 
baby boxes, including diapers and even special juicing offers where you get the juicer all in one package, really tailored to the consumer, the end user, us. This week, we are still talking about ingredients, ingredients for life, this time literally and specifically about cookie ingredients. Here's the story of two Girl Scouts that found out that the cookies they had sold for years to raise money for their activities contained some ingredients that contribute to the destruction of the rainforest and the violation of human rights. And so they set out to change the ingredients and the practice. Youth activists, the next generation of change, our topic here today and again a conversation. And with us now from Ann Arbor is Rhiannon Tomtishin and Madison Forvar. Are you with us? Yeah, thanks for having us. Hi, Rhiannon, and hi, Madison. Um, you two have an incredible story that I try to briefly describe. Can you tell us what happened and how you were prompted to uh, look at the ingredients and and find the world that was so toxic on so many levels behind it? Absolutely. When Rihanna and I were in seventh grade, we're seniors in high school now, so we've been working on a project for quite some time. But as seventh graders, we decided to earn our Girl Scout Bronze Award together. We've both been Girl Scouts since first grade. And in order to earn this award, we had to pick an issue we were passionate about and raise awareness within our local community. And so both of our um, heroes been Dr. Jane Goodall for her work with the chimpanzees. And so we decided to research another great ape. And we came across the orangutan, and we learned that their forest habitat in Indonesia and Malaysia is being cleared for massive palm oil plantations. And that palm oil is an ingredient in everything from cosmetics to baked goods to candy bars to the Girl Scout cookies we had sold since childhood. So we were both shocked and determined um, to do something and tell the organization that we didn't want to sell cookies that were, weren't forest-friendly. I get that you wanted to make a change, but... You know, one of the things that happens with many of us in life is we go, I'm really mad about this, or I want to make this change, and I want to make the world a better place. And then all of a sudden, we look at what it would take to actually do that, (laughs) and we go, okay, I'll sign a petition. Um, So how did you do it? You know, how did you, did you just get on the phone and call the Girl Scouts, or did, you know, what did you do? It's funny, because we were 11 years old at the time, and we were convinced that a single email was going to change everything. So <laughs> we typed up a nice little email and sent that to the Girl Scout executives, and were, I think, very shocked when we realized that that wasn't going to be enough, that they weren't going to change. You know, there's $700 million um, dollar industry because of our little email. And so what we did was start a petition in our local community, so just going around to our friends, our families, our teachers, encouraging them uh, to share their voices. Uh, we got other Girl Scouts involved in this issue through a puzzle piece campaign. So they would decorate a blank puzzle piece with a message for the organization. Um, and so really starting small, that was our, our first sort of initiative. But then by partnering with more national organizations, we were able to bring even more attention to this issue. And eventually, after enlisting the support of nearly 100,000 consumers, we were able to finally meet with the Girl Scouts to make some headway on this issue. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> wow. of course, it, it's interesting that the, talking to you, is, it, this is so great for me because for years, you know, I would look at the ingredients of the Girl Scout cookies and I wouldn't buy them, but I would offer the girls sitting at the table the money for the box, and but I wouldn't take the cookies. and Which is not really honoring, right? I mean, they are selling something and you want to buy it, but it's more like than a donation. So I, I was in the same boat, Mark. I felt the same way. I don't want these. So was this just such a surprise for you? Because you must have sat at tables. You must have been selling these cookies for years. For you did it years, since first right? grade. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden to look at this, and then how did that change your opinion or your focus sitting at could you not sit at the table anymore, or, or what What happened there? <laughs> well, Rihanna and I were both shocked because, you know, we'd, we'd sold these cookies since first grade, and I think I just trusted the organization growing up. Part of the Girl Scouts' mission statement is to make the world a better place and to use resources wisely, and so I grew up kind of learning <laughs> these leadership skills. And so I think I didn't realize what a process it was going to be to change the organization from within, but it's been important to both of us 
to keep our work positive. Um, we haven't called for a boycott necessarily, but we've created other opportunities like our Puzzle Piece campaign, and we designed a rainforest hero patch that scouts have been earning across the country to show their support and to show their concern for this issue. I love that. You said that you had learned this leadership from the organization itself, and then that that's what... Exactly, exactly. So it's it's interesting for me because I'm I'm in the holistic health and food world, and oh my God, have I loved Girl Scout cookies in all of my all of my many years. And I remember the first time after I'd gotten to holistic health and I read the ingredients, and that was when they were still using hydrogenated oil. And I thought, oh my God, I can't in good faith support something that's so bad for health. And then they took that ingredient out, but then they were using palm oil. So I think a lot of people may have heard about the 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 negative health side effects of eating hydrogenated oils, but not palm oil, because they're not thinking necessarily about how it affects the environment. So can we backtrack a little bit? Can you tell us what is palm oil and what is the problem with palm oil? Palm oil is an ingredient that is sourced primarily from Indonesia and Malaysia. And like Maddie mentioned, it's used in all sorts of processed goods, including these Girl Scout cookies and uh, the environmental issue with palm oil is that massive amounts of rainforest land in Indonesia and Malaysia are being cleared, and then they're coming in and planting these oil palm plantations. Mm. And so thousands of species like the orangutan are being negatively impacted. Um, there's issues with deforestation contributing to greenhouse gas emissions, things like that, as well as this whole sort of social, social side of the issue. Um, the people who are working on these plantations are not being paid fair wages. They are not working in good working conditions, things like that. And so this ingredient, palm oil, is used in so many products here in the United States, but as consumers, we don't necessarily connect, you know, our Girl Scout cookies with these environmental and social issues that are occurring thousands of miles away on the other side of the globe. And you actually just returned from a trip to Colombia um, seeing the human rights abuses firsthand. Um, this may have started first and foremost as an environmental awareness campaign, but now that whole issue of, of social in inequality and social injustice um, is becoming an equal part of your campaign. Can you talk about that? Sure. We went to Colombia um, last November and we went into a human rights organization called Witness for Peace. And we were in a very remote region of Colombia with communities had, who had been displaced by the paramilitary in 1992. And these paramilitary groups then, you know, just gave this land off to these palm oil corporations who cleared the forest and displaced these indigenous communities who had been there for, for years and years. And so when I began this campaign, it was about trying to help protect my favorite animal, the orangutan. But I think, you know, growing up through this project, it's, it's learning to take a more holistic approach. And just speaking with, you know, children our age, a 16-year-old boy, I remember his name was Jose Francisco. He had lost his father to the paramilitary, and suddenly he was the head of his household at 16 years old. You know, there are kids with, with no opportunities, no educational opportunities who have had to take these, these leadership roles. And it, it really made me understand that, you know, I take my safety for granted. And, you know, palm oil isn't just about forests, it's not just about species, it's about, it's about people as well. We're speaking with Rhiannon Tomtishan and Madison Vorver, the two ladies behind the project Urangs. And I know you guys um, ask us to give a shout out. We will do it several times throughout the interview. But tell us about your Twitter and your Facebook feed if people want to follow up with you guys. We are on Twitter. It's at Girl Scout Honor. And then we also have a Facebook page, which is Project Orangs, O-R-A-N-G-S. Wonderful. And you're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is youth activists, the next generation of change. And Rhiannon and Madison, um, please stay on the line with us. We'll take a very quick break. But we want to talk about your work right now. And you also won a very prestigious award last year, um, the Brower Youth Award that we will um, speak a little bit more. Um, you're honoring really your incredible work. Um, over the last years around this issue of deforestation and social injustice, which all started with Girl Scout cookies. Stay tuned for more.
At Testa Epicure's Guild, we provide tea and coffee from the regions of the world known to produce the finest of their kind. Always certified organic and fair trade. We stand for exceptional taste and highest quality. Every cup of our tea and coffee is connected to the soil and the people working the land. We have searched the world for the best ingredients and invite you to enjoy Desta tea and coffee. Find Desta at your natural food store or online at desta.com. That is D-E-S-T-A dot com. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you're looking for a green, full-service website and Internet technology agency for your business that is affordable and can grow with your company, then visit Percepticon.com. Featuring an award-winning, energy-efficient data center, Percepticon provides clients with forward-thinking consulting, strategy, technology, website design, high-performance Internet hosting, e-commerce solutions, and mobile apps to meet all your Internet needs. Call Percepticon today for all your web and technology needs at 925-937-9000 or visit them at Percepticon.com. We're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And in this week's episode, we are featuring the story of two Girl Scouts that found out that their cookies that they had sold for years contained ingredients that contribute to the very destruction of the rainforest they aim to protect and the violation of human rights. So they set out to change the world and... Oh boy, did they do change the world. <laughs> yes. Sita. So, Rhiannon and Madison, you guys started this journey more than, what, seven years ago? And, yeah, and last year, or in 2011, you two were the recipients of the Brower Youth Awards, which is such a prestigious award and honor for youth who are really creating amazing social and environmental awareness and change. And one of the things that, that that's actually how we how we learned about you. Our associate producer had the, the great opportunity to go to the Brower Youth Awards and heard the two of you speak. And she came back and she said, we have got to have these two brilliant women on the show. So shout out to Kristen. Thank you for bringing them on. And I want to hear, you know, I know that this prestigious award comes with great resources. It gives you an opportunity to expand your project's awareness and further your work as an environmental activist. So you were probably able to do quite a lot of things with that award and and all of the resources that came with it. So what for you two was kind of some of the best achievements that came out of this, that came out of having the resources to pursue your end goal even further? Sure. Well, Brian and I were so excited and humbled to be honored by the Brower Youth Awards. We've been, you know, so thankful to have had their support. Just recently, after winning the award, we were able to come back to California, and through contacts, we had met, speak at the main stage at Bioneers, which is a conference out in San Francisco, and, and speak on the main stage in front of thousands of people. So we've been lucky and fortunate enough to have had these opportunities to keep pushing out the message, to keep talking at different conferences. Um, We've been mentored by amazing individuals who have been working on um, social corporate responsibility for way, way longer than we have. And I think for me, the most rewarding part of this was being able to to learn from the other Brower Youth Award winners, young people all across the country who have dedicated years to their own environmental work in completely different areas, but but realizing that each of us, you know, has has something extremely worthwhile to contribute in different passion, passions, but really it's all about trying to make the world a better place and to get young people empowered and to understand that that what they do matters. And so did you find, I mean, it's incredible the network of support that comes from your peers through this kind of um, work and achievement. Did you find also, though, that this kind of recognition for the work that you were doing gave you the leverage to get 
to get more people on board with what you're doing? I mean, have you actually found that at this point in your project, you are speaking with higher level executives at Girl Scouts to get the ingredients changed? Or, or where have things landed on this project? I think one of the great things about the Brower Youth Award is that it offers so much credibility. When you mentioned that you're a Brower Youth Award winner, everyone in the environmental and social movements knows of this award. So in that regard, we've been very lucky. Um, with the Girl Scouts, this was just another way of showing them that, you know, legitimate environmental organizations uh, respected and admired the work that we were doing. And so as a result of all of our campaigning, we were actually able to gather a meeting with Girl Scout executives in the May of 2011. And then in September of 2011, they announced their new Colmo policy, which was a really great step in the right direction. Not the solution to the issue, but definitely shows that we've made progress. Why is that not a, a solution in itself? Well, what Girl Scouts have decided to do is they're purchasing something called green palm certificates. And these certificates are offsetting their use of palm oil. So they're not changing where their palm oil is coming from. They're just instead these certificates are used to support sustainable palm oil. Um, we'd like them to use a truly deforestation-free, traceable source of palm oil so we know where the palm oil is coming from in Girl Scout cookies. Which brings us, of course, to the question of future. What are you working on right now? Is that still the main focus and you won't give up until the, the Girl Scouts and hopefully the Boy Scouts too of America will change their policy, their buying policy? And I mean, it's a, it's, it's a simple recipe change. The ingredients are all available, yes? We definitely are very interested in continuing our dialogue with Girl Scouts. This is really why this whole project began. Um, But we're also interested in having the largest impact possible. And so, you know, the Girl Scouts could change their palm oil source, and that is great. That would be a huge step for the forest. But in order for Indonesia and Malaysia's rainforest to be protected, more companies need to follow suit. And so one of the companies that we've been speaking with is Kellogg's. And Kellogg's owns one of the bakers of, little, um, of Girl Scout cookies. So that's a good connection. And then they're also here in Michigan, which is where Maddie and I are, so a great local connection. And we've been reaching out to them and are really hopeful to get the opportunity to work with them on a, on a deforestation-free palm oil policy. And you're still going to school, yes? Or have you retired your school? <laughs> <laughs> We're both seniors in high school, so wow. still go to school. <laughs> well, well um, it's great that you can manage um, your, your passion And, um, and your concern for the environment and for human rights and the world at large and still pursue your, of course, your, your school ambition and your curriculum there. Um, that's a huge achievement. I'm sure there's not much time left for, for everything else. And as an inspiration to others, Mark. Well, that's what I was just wondering, you know, in between doing, uh, you know, calculus or uh, going to the football game or actually be basketball now or, uh, you know, be involved just being a senior in high school. You know, what wisdom, what can you offer? What advice or wisdom can you offer anybody else out there who has young, or old, or young, old, any age who, who sees something they would like to change? And, you know. What what type of wisdom would you offer them, you know, if they're feeling a little bit daunted by the by the task? I think the biggest thing would be find your passion. And I think, you know, making change isn't always easy. Like Maddie mentioned, this has been a six-year process, and we're still not done with it yet. But finding something, an issue that you're passionate about, that you care about, makes everything else worth it. It makes the sacrifices and the struggles, you know, so much more doable because you know that you are working for an issue that you care about and you know that eventually at some point change will happen. And I think sometimes, especially youth, but, you know, even adults feel like their voice doesn't matter. And so I think it's realizing that you do have a voice, you do have a role to play and that one little action, starting a petition, you know, writing a letter to a company can have a long-term effect. And I'm sure you've heard in your, in your years of doing this work that you won't succeed, right? This will be really difficult. You, you know, you can change the policy. You have changed already so much. Um, are you continuing to speak about your successes um, as you're working on the project itself as well? Yeah, we tried to bring our message to whoever will listen. We were just out in the Bay um, community speaking with different elementary schools and high school students and middle schools. And so to reach our peers um, is, is my favorite group to talk to because these are kids who who have somebody to look up to. Now, I remember in sixth grade and I was looking around my school and service wasn't cool. It wasn't what all the popular kids were doing. And so hopefully trying to show kids. It's so cool. That, 
<laughs> what they do, you know, it's not, it may not be the coolest thing, but it's about something greater than yourself. And it's about sacrifice and doing the right thing. And then realizing that you don't have to grow up and be an adult to create change. You can start now and be creative. And especially because these are the kids that use social media every day. Utilizing social media has been one of our main points. This is what our peers connect with. And these are what fellow Girl Scouts connect with. And it's so accessible. It's able to take a campaign not from a local to from local community to the entire country. Well, and once again, speaking of your social media, you can follow Rhiannon and Madison on their Twitter feed, which is at Girl Scout Honor, or visit their Facebook page, Project Orangs, O-R-A-N-G-S. And man, you two are real role models, not just for your peers, but for for (laughs) us as well, who have more years on you. But thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's an inspiration. Yes, please follow their work. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. That's Rhiannon, Tom Titian, and Madison Vorva with their project, Uranks, coming from cookies, looking at ingredients and changing the world, doing so. Thanks so much for your work. Thanks so much Thank for you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. You're listening to an Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And boy, am I inspired. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to be like you. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> walk the, like you. The, talk like you, the too. The articulation of the challenges at that age is amazing because if we had, as a nation would would be able to speak like that with that vocabulary mm-hmm. and it would just be there, um, you know, environmental topics and challenges would be discussed publicly. And there's a, you know, a certain tone in the public media throughout um, or on TV where you don't hear those phrases and those sentences and that overall awareness and spirit, of course, but really the articulation, the vocabulary of the challenges at hand. Amazing. Well, I think that was one of the work. things that Rian and, and Madison were saying, which was find your passion and then everything else seems worthwhile. So the the maturity with which they speak about this really comes out of this labor of love. They've they got there because this was the place they wanted to go. It's incredible. Yeah, obvious. Yeah, and, and what what I really love is we all often when we want to start something we think, well, I'm just going to send an email, right? <laughs> and, and, and that's where they started, and and they, they've done such tremendous work since, even though that wasn't necessarily that was just the first yeah, step right. to a very long journey. Wow. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward Fantastic. to following uh, and seeing their great work. Yeah, next generation of change, youth activists. That was. Rihanna and Tom Titian and Madison Vorva. Let's do the Facebook thing one more time. Yes, Sita, what's yes, the yes. address to yes, follow their, their work? F- their Facebook page is Project Orangs, O-R-A-N-G-S, which actually stands for Orangutans Really Appreciate and Need Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Project Orangs. And then their Twitter feed is at Girl Scout Honor. <laughs> and you can follow, of course, the story and, and all the information on our Facebook page. That's Facebook.com and Organic Conversation if you didn't catch Everything else, um, please catch that, facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation, and you can see the great work that these two young ladies have done. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And coming up is what's in season the world of fresh produce. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. Hi, my name is Peter Van Stolk, and I'm the CEO of Spud.com. Spud was founded on the belief that fresh, organic foods should be made easily accessible to everyone. Spud stands for Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery, and we do just that, delivering 100% organic produce and high-quality grocery items to homes and offices throughout the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, Seattle, and British Columbia. Visit us at Spud.com. 
The Farmer Veteran Coalition is a nonprofit organization dedicated to provide veterans with resources, education, and technical assistance to prepare them to become successful farmers. After serving their country, many veterans are interested in working with the land but do not have a background in farming or ranching. Help the Farmer Veteran Coalition to assist veterans in starting a new career in sustainable agriculture. For more information, please visit farmvetco.org. That's farmvetco.org. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helga. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our show today, Youth Activists, the Next Generation of Change. And here's the next generation of produce. <laughs> What's in season? <laughs> Our very own produce expert, Mr. Mark Mulcahy, with the weekly produce update and produce tip of the of the week. Well, fortunately, I have on the line my produce pal and, sure. and fellow produce nerd, uh, <laughs> Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market from Earl's Organic in San, Fr- in, uh, Mar- in San Francisco. Um, so, Earl, I have to ask you, you know, all of my customers, all the stores I work with around the customer, all around the country, and even my own personal buying habits, what the heck is going on with mangoes out there right now? It's like they're either shriveled or they're black inside or they, or they don't yep. ripen or they, I mean, yep. they're just, they've been awful. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough ride, a tough start. Good morning to you all. Good hey, morning Earl. to you, Earl. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Here you got this wonderful tropical piece of fruit and it's arriving in your, in your house and the, and the market in the dead of winter. And, you know, that's gotta be odd. That's, that's part of the problem, Mark. There's, there's only a couple things that can make that happen. And what you're referring to is you, you, you cut, you slice through the skin and you open it up and there's, and, and it's cutting brown or black. And obviously that's not what you want. That's, those things can be that can get chilled somewhere. Somewhere along the line, it got under forty-five, fifty degrees. No, oh. in the winter, that could be hanging out in the dock for an hour or two on in between shipping points. And where product is coming from this time is time of year is Brazil and Ecuador and Peru, because this is the beginning of the season, and that's where they originate. It's it's a global commodity now. The other thing that can happen is that it's picked too young. And the, and how that's determined is no more, no more scientific than going out into the orchard, slicing mangoes to determine when they're ready. And it's really a color uh, that's being looked for by the orchardist or whoever's picking. And the other thing can be that it's stored too long. So if it's coming from Brazil and Ecuador and Peru, it's and they're being shipped up here in a boat, and that's a three to four week journey. So if they get delayed anywhere, whether it's in the native country, whether it's port side here, where it's in between landing in Miami or Houston or L.A., and it's sitting out and it's being stored and it's missed rotation, bingo, that creates part of the problem too. So when you got a global commodity like this, it's going from so far away. There's a lot of different hands. It's hard to track, but that being said, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah, Earl, yes. let me let me let, Earl, let me follow up with that. Um, I mean, all the things you say, of course, are true, but they are true for every year. Why is this yeah. year particularly hard? Wow, the perfect you know, storm. An answer that I have not been able to track that down. I would say that. Well, first of all, I know that we had a particularly cold winter here. Right. Yes. True. And I think the big, the major thing here, Helga, is that it's out of your control for so long a period of time. Yeah, of course. You know, it's on the water. It's it's sitting at the port. It's sitting here. Um, somebody leaves it out. Somebody goes to lunch. Just bad luck. The wrong yes. Temperature. Yeah, well, and and when, I think that's, when, that's the major thing. When will local um, local mangoes come back? Well, you just uh, missed them. You know, there is a California <laughs> mango in Southern California that doesn't start till September October. Okay, we just so missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you we ate consider them. local, though, over over the years of enjoying them is the Mexican mango, and that's going to start. Uh, we're going to have some in. Well, actually, we're we're starting to see them right now. Uh-huh. The Alto Ofo 
or the Autofo, however you want to pronounce that. It's the also known as a Manila mango. You're very familiar with that, Mark. Yeah, yes. champagne mango. Nice. Oh, that there sounds go. good. It's a, it's Ooh. That beautiful, beautiful yellow uh, kidney-shaped, you know, mango. It's got a very silky, smooth texture. Wonderful piece of fruit. They're just starting to come on now, and that's a, about a week or two earlier than normal. Um, and the quality so, you're saying is good, right? With those, we are like, I had like two or three mangoes. They were totally strawy. So now looking forward to better produce coming up. The beginning of any season is going to be inconsistent. Sure. Because you have some growers getting out there trying to... Uh, to to, to hasten the, the season by picking stuff that's probably a little too green. Also, when you're going in, you, if you find a couple pieces of fruit that are ready, you go, okay, let's pick. And the chances sure. early in the season is that there are less ripe pieces of fruit Mixed to pick in. Yeah, of course. than there are later on. Oh, man. So what we need to do is we need, brain, to take, we need to take from <laughs> this, we need to take from this that even though we've many of us have been disappointed in the it's early part coming. of the mango it's season, coming. do not let that disappointment yeah. sway us from buying and enjoying mangoes now going on into the season. Right. And so yeah, we, got, we really we have a whole uh, you know from beginning of March all the way till uh, through August for the wonderful mango season in in Cal- in Mexico and then we'll cool. switch right into uh, the wonderful small season short season in California there's a mango year ahead of us we'll be yes. in mangoes for a long time so th- Earl <laughs> perfect thank you <laughs> so much yes. so great thank you again Earl Herrick the voice of the thank marketplace you, from Earl's Organic in yeah. San Francisco California thank you so thank much you. Thanks, thanks Earl and just man, that cut, knowledge, I know he is amazing. <laughs> and you know, a couple quick things is remember he was talking about chill to the mangoes. So never they're like tomatoes. You should never refrigerate your mangoes before they get ripe. And so that's a really key rule. And once they've ripened, ripened, you can put them in the fridge for a few days, but never do it beforehand because it will turn them that kind of grayish color, and it does affect their flavor too. And when you're at the store. Don't focus on color. I see so many people picking through, especially with these Kent mangoes now that are in, that are here. You know, they're kind of greenish, and they're looking for that red blush. And yes, that's pretty, but it's not an indi- full indicator of ripeness. You need to squeeze a mango gently, and a ripe mango will give you a will give slightly, kind of like peaches or avocados. So just, and then the, if a really good mango will have a little bit of a scent, sometimes a fruity aroma at their stem end. So that's what you should look for. And, uh, and would you even with mangoes? I know you say you know try everything in the aisle, so you don't spend four dollars on a mango that you find you know unedible at home. Would you still ask a produce person to cut into a mango? Yes, to let, yes, really? yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Must be an exception. Yes. No, I yeah. have to say, try what you buy. That's the golden rule. Mark has a bumper sticker. Try <laughs> what you buy. I have to say, I took I took their advice the other day when we were at the um, market and. Yeah. The results Saved were you. so much better. The produce manager Saved loved that I wanted to get mm-hmm. into a conversation, mm-hmm. and I got some really, really good fruit. So, cool. anyway, all right. Thank you so much, Mark. What a and filled show, Helga. Helga, yes. Helga. How about what you have to share with us this week? What is your organic yeah, moment? Thank you. We're almost out of time. Packed show. Such good work of these two young ladies and our topic today, the next generation of change, youth activists. But I do have an organic moment because this is the time, as many times throughout the year are defined by that, migration is happening. I was out at Point Reyes a couple of weeks ago in the Point Reyes National Seashore. There's a lighthouse that actually marks the westernmost point of the continental United States. The next jump over would be Hawaii. Um, A great spot, of course, to see gray whales that are migrating south right now to warmer waters in Mexico. Yes, Mark, you were right. To give birth, um, only then to return, to to turn around and take the 5,000-mile journey back to Alaska, the longest journey of any mammal on Earth. Um, there's also thousands of birds sitting in the protected shallows of the San Francisco Bay Area. And in just a few weeks, the monarch butterflies will come by the thousands to Santa Cruz to hang in huge clusters in the trees everywhere. It's bizarre and wonderful migration. That instinct, that cellular memory followed for a 100,000 years or longer. The journey taken by all who hear that call. Perhaps not much different than us knowing where we have to go and take the trip for no reason other than us knowing that we are following a pull that we must honor.
So what are you being called forth to do into action this year? What are you following? Which place is reaching out to you to come and visit, whether it's an internal journey or another country or job, travel safely. And that was my organic moment. Mm. Started with Igby and on to migration. I love it. What a perfect way to end the show. That cat. Nice. <laughs> yes. You know, actually, there are so many birds migrating right now, too. And I feel like whenever I drive by, there are days when there aren't any on the bay. And I think, wow, they've left. They've moved on. And then I come back the next day and they're there. So there's this constant. They actually, they are actually not there. The, uh, the, the yeah, other exactly. Are there. No, somebody, somebody new has come, right? People so think, we... oh, they're back. No, no. They are in Mexico. <laughs> they're out of here. But it's a sweet reminder. I love to look for those places where we're called back into the present moment and to our present intention. So as we talked at the beginning of the show about using the new moon as an opportunity to reaffirm our intention for ourselves this year, if we see a migrating bird cross our path, um, great intention to ask, where am I going that's new? What's my migration like? What's my migration and yeah, like? Yeah, oh, it, it reminds me of that really quickly, that beautiful picture, um, Star Out Farms, one of my favorite farms out in West Marin. And I uh, worked with the owner for I'm still working with the owner for for many years. Um, really a mentor and friend, Warren Weber. Shout out to Starrod Farms. Um, it borders the lagoon field, and some mornings around this time of the year, the entire ground is covered with white. It's all birds, mm. thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of birds. They rest. They this is exactly the migratory flying route for birds. Um, they sit there. They rest. They you know eat some leftovers from the field, and then you know two days later, in in three hours, everything's gone. That's as if they had never been there, and it's such a fascinating um, experience and and sight. And yeah, as you said, if they're another flock a week later, those are the ones that were at that point still up in Oregon or even further up north wherever they may, you know, going south or going north. So there's a constant body of, of humans and animals traveling around this planet constantly in motion. And it's such a wonderful sight. Very inspiring. And we have a great show coming up next week. Actually, pretty exciting. Landmark show coming up next week, <laughs> right? A landmark show. Go ahead and tell them. <sighs> Our 200th episode. Woo-hoo! 200 <laughs> hours on the air. Three and a half years. Wow. 200 thank, thank organic guys. conversations. Wow. Thank okay. you, Helga. And a great topic. Biofach, the largest organic food show, all organic food show. In the world, yes. Uh, in Europe, for sure. In Europe, for sure. Uh, actually, because it's only organic, not natural companies, only just organic, and it's pulling from all over Europe, um, I think there's something like 40 or 50 different countries present, um, and it's only organic uh, ingredients and foods. Um, it might just be the largest organic food show in the world. We'll find out, actually. And actually, it's not just Europe. Even though it takes place in Europe, when I took a look at the list of exhibitors and people who are going to be there, we've got South America, we've got Asia, we've got Canada. People are coming from all over the world Tiburon. to participate. Yes, and it is of course the it's the hub. It's the hub to the world of organic, and it's the hub to the world of Europe. And going from there through Holland into the world, That's really. That's true. So a great show on Biofach, how the organic movement and marketplace is becoming an international, worldwide topic. This was an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And again, you can follow the great work of our guests and um, everything that we share with you on the air um, through our social media services as well as on our website. That's anorganicconversation.com and also facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. And we love to hear from you. Please send us your comments and questions to share at anorganicconversation.com. And that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thanks for listening. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. Studio engineer, Robert Costa. Underwriting production, Mark Van Gelder. Thank you all. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time next week. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. We've been looking for the world to change. If you feel the same, then go on the same.